0: Hey, guys, I'm Shelly Armstrong, and this is Mike Simmons. How you doing? We are starting a podcast about old police stories. And Mike was a police officer for 30 years, so he has
1: plenty of stories. And Shelly is an undertaker, and she <laughs> loves the dead stuff.
0: <laughs> now, Mike has written several books about police stories, so he's got a lot to cover.
1: Yeah, I've got one that's called Pensacola's Finest. And it's about the history of the Pensacola, Florida police department. Then I, um, I have another one that's called, uh, old police store. I mean, uh, Pensacola's finest in pictures. And it's a bunch of old pictures <laughs> of the police department and police officers. And, and then I've, i just finished one that's called stories of Pensacola's finest. And it's got a lot of stories about, um, some guys that have uh, gotten the the department's Medal of Valor and then some officers that were killed in the line of duty, sadly, and in um, some really cool uh, investigations with twists and turns. Then I've got one uh, that's called I'm a Dead Man.
0: And that's the one we're going to be discussing today. Um, why don't you give us a, a recap of okay. what that's about? Okay.
1: Well, in um, one of the one of the probably the most interesting or important things that happened in the 20th century was the assassination of President Kennedy. Right. And this is kind of linked to that. It's a uh, it's it's a link between that incident and an unsolved murder that happened in Pensacola in, in 1963.
0: I remember that one.
1: Um, there uh, there was a, a guy by the name of of Hank Killam. Mm-hmm. And that's the one I'm going to be talking about today. Um, North of Pensacola is a, is a small community called Century, and Century was um, obviously founded at the turn of the century, <laughs> 1900. Uh, there, after the Civil War, there were a lot of there's a lot of uh, reconstruction going on, and uh, so they found out that in the northern part of of, of Northwest Florida. There were tons and tons and tons of pine trees. Well, pine trees are great for rebuilding. Mm-hmm. So they were harvesting them. Thousands of guys had jobs. They had jobs uh, cutting down the trees. They had jobs driving the trains. They had jobs at the sawmills. Well, Clarence Killam uh, worked at the sawmill, one of the sawmills there. The guy had six kids. He and his wife had six kids. Obviously, they struggled. Right. They, they, it was hard for them to make it. Um, he even He was an entertainer. And he played a piano but it still wasn't enough yeah. then came the great depression 1925 is when it actually hit in century not 1929 mm-hmm. and uh they thought they were poor before but everybody was poor right it was really really hard so clarence said you know what we're moving 43 miles south to pensacola so they moved to pensacola he figured that his skills as a carpenter would probably be better and they were things mm-hmm. were a lot better they lived in a, a community called East Hill but they still had some problems had some problems with um, relocating mm-hmm. and in uh, and, in and, 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 and still making it they moved it several times they ended up down near the water on the west side of town um, and but it, it wasn't good Um at one point, Clarence actually became a constable, which was it was good. You know, he was a he was a he was a good role model for his, right. his kids, three boys and three girls. And then, by the way, the fourth girl came along, so now I have seven. <laughs> and uh, the he he was trying to be a role model, but you know, little things like when he killed the guy for looking at his gun, that probably sure. wasn't good. You know, yeah, that no. wouldn't do well. <laughs> uh, there was the one where he um, he got arrested for assault. That sure, was good, and then really. and then you got arrested for theft. Mm. You know, those are kind of like uh, those aren't really just typical good behavior. Yeah, typical behavior. Um, so his kids grew up. He had one. Clayton was really well. Clayton was a star. Everything Clayton did was great. Mm-hmm. He 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 really was 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 destined to do some good. The things. golden child. The golden child. Yes, yes. Well, um, uh, Henry was the third, and uh, they called him Hank. And he kind of took after his dad. Kind of, uh, uh, he he didn't have a lot of ambition. He kind of hung around. He Ended up as he got older, ended up hanging around the wrong crowd. Um, one guy that lived with the family, uh, older than him, and his buddy uh, took Hank with them one night. Decide they're gonna they're gonna break into a car dealership and get the money out of the safe. So they they broke into it and um couldn't get the safe open but it wasn't long before they were called they obviously weren't very good at it. Oh, yeah i was
0: gonna say <laughs> yeah
1: I, I, and it's funny no fingerprints no dna but they still caught him within a couple of days <laughs> i don't know what they did but they you
0: know, mastermind yeah, yeah
1: right right so uh, the judge put hank on probation and he said all right you know i think that you're probably a good kid don't do this again now Hank had, had this habit of hanging around at, um, these, uh, um, strip clubs, mm-hmm. nightclubs, uh, a lot of, uh, seedy underworld places. So that's all he thought about for work. Now he worked at, him; I mean, he he made money, mm-hmm. but it was never really what we would call an honest day's work necessarily. <laughs> so, um, as soon as the judge put him on probation, he said, "Okay, I'll I'll be good. I promise. I'll go get a job." And as soon as he got put on probation, he thought, "Okay, I'm out of here." And he hitched a ride to Dallas, where his sister lived. She was already grown. She had a, a family. So he he got out there and um, said, "I'm I'm I'm going to do great." So what did he have experience with? Selling cars and CD places. <laughs> um, he he hooked up with a guy named John Carter. John Carter was a house painter, um, good guy, a, a businessman. He was a hardworking businessman. And so he hired him. He hired him as a, as a house painter. He said, sure, you can help me. John Carter lived in a, in a boarding house. Mm-hmm. He. It's kind of strange because he's a business owner, but he didn't have a home. Didn't even rent a home. He rented a room in a in a, in a rooming house. Well, the other guy that rented the room was named Lee Harvey Oswald, which is the guy that yeah. killed Kennedy eventually. Um, a lot of times John Carter and, and Oswald would meet in the living room, and they'd whisper and talk and kind of secret. Still to this day, nobody knows what was said. So that's who hank worked for uh and then on top of that he went back to his old ways the seedy places The so there was a place that he really liked to hang out called the carousel lounge uh the owner of the carousel lounge was named Jack Ruby now Jack Ruby is the guy that killed Lee Harvey Oswald so I don't know of very many people that knew both Lee Harvey Oswald, and Jack Ruby, but Hank Killam did, and he also uh, saw this uh, girl there that he really liked, Wanda Davis, and um, they ended up getting married. She was Mm -hmm. one of of Jack Ruby's strippers. Mm -hmm. Jack Ruby eventually gave Hank a job at night as a bartender. Now, you would think you know what husband and wife working together that's really cool <laughs> yeah no no, no. <laughs> no not one of those places not like that <laughs> because here's the job that jack ruby says my girls work for me they make me money they right. they, they make they talk my the the customers into buying drinks right. so how do they do it they they strip for them and they flirt with them yeah well husbands don't like you that. don't want it no no, <laughs> no it didn't work well so uh he started causing some trouble and Jack Ruby fired him, said, you're out of here at all. matter of fact, Noanda, you are too. He fired both of them oh, and got really mad. He pitched a fit, but there was something about Jack Ruby. He would explode and then 20 minutes later, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Act like nothing happened, but he fired up both. They didn't really know what to do. Um, he still was working the daytime for, for um, Mr. Carter, but... Uh, then he got a phone call one day, and it was Jack Ruby, and he acted like nothing happened. He said, hey, hey, hey Hank, how you doing? And he said, listen, uh, I need you to make a, a run for me to um, New Orleans. Would you do that? And he said, well, sure. He said, now, I want you to pick up something, but don't even ask what it's about. Just pick it up. Do what I tell you to, and bring it back to me. So Hank's thinking, hey, I'm in, finally. Because see, here's something. Jack Ruby, um, was in with the mob. Oh, big time, big time. The, the, with the, a name the, like
0: that, you've got to be. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> the, the, um, head of the, the mob boss of Dallas would come into Jack Ruby's place occasionally too. So, so he was, he was in on the end. Um, a couple other things were happening at the same time. Um, New Orleans was the childhood home of Lee Harvey Oswald. Also, New Orleans, uh, a lot of people don't realize this. You know, you, you think of the, the mobsters back in the 20s and mm-hmm. Al Capone yeah. and yeah. Lucky yeah. Luciano and all the. Well, you know, the biggest mobster of, of, of all of them, the one that probably had more more strength, more power, more, more um, carried more weight than any of them, was Carlos Marcello. Carlos Marcello was the godfather of New Orleans. So we don't know what Hank was sent to New Orleans for by Jack Ruby, but we can only imagine that it probably wasn't good stuff. Um, So he made these runs occasionally for him, but but he he never, he never, he really never knew what it was about, but he couldn't even talk about what he didn't know. Wanda would ask him, he he wouldn't talk to her about it um meanwhile uh john f kennedy was the president john f kennedy was very very popular he was hollywood handsome good-looking yep. guy he was rich he had a wife that was stunned she was a knockout right you know jackie kennedy was was, jackie uh, yeah uh, actually she was probably probably more popular than he was Probably. Well something had happened during his first uh, term uh she had a miscarriage and it really devastated obviously see when when um when he was elected the world changed mm-hmm. the united states became this oh everybody wanted to be like that i mean look the the the, the first the president the first lady were just beautiful right. people every everything was wonderful And then she suffered a miscarriage. Yeah. Uh, Well, in the political world, that was a wonderful thing. Right. And you're going, huh? Well, here's the reason. Um, They were were very, very rich and they were from the North. The people in the South did not like them. Right. Especially the people in Texas. Especially the people in Dallas. Well, he had to get reelected. So go to Dallas. Smile and wave. Right. He wasn't looking forward to it, but that's what he was going to do. Better yet, every woman in the United States was grieving for right. Jackie. Her first time out was to Dallas. Right. So uh, they they really um, were looking forward to this being a, a good move for them. Now, meanwhile, Cuba, uh, Fidel Castro did not like Kennedy. Um the Soviet Union did not like Kennedy. There were some talk about the FBI and the CIA that really didn't like it, And really, his vice president, Lyndon Johnson, they didn't really get along either. So it wasn't that everybody loved him. Some people mm-hmm. really, really didn't like him. And, and on top of that, he had just had his brother, the attorney general, Sin Carlos Marcelo, exported him. And Carlos Marcello made his way back and promised revenge. But what Carlos Marcello did was he didn't promise revenge on Robert Kennedy. He said, in order to kill this thing, you cut the head off, which is JFK. Right. So, Hank Killam knew there was something up because of all this going on. He didn't really know what it was. Um, He knew that it was getting pretty close because of the, some of the things that Jack Ruby said. And Oswald, meanwhile, had a rifle that he had special ordered and He and he uh, shot with it and got become a better shot. It was an Italian rifle. And he carried it with him to work the day the president was supposed to visit Dallas. Um, he worked at the Texas School Book Depository. Uh, and so a, a middle of the day, whenever the president was coming through, Hank went down to see it. Jack and Ruby was there. They were in the crowd, and Lee Harvey Oswald was up in. He was the only one in the building. Everybody else was out front. Right. They right. went to see the president, and um, so suddenly three shots rang out. Because of the tall buildings, the shots echoed, and really mm-hmm. nobody knows where they. Really, where they came from, and there's been a lot of talk since then. Uh, oh yeah, you know the conspiracy theory. There's been talk about the the. You've heard the the grassy knoll. you have heard yeah. that. Well, all this stuff. Talk. They who shot it? Who shot JFK? Who? All this stuff. But the fact remained that JFK was killed. Mm-hmm. Lee Harvey Oswald pulled the trigger. Whether he was the only one did or not, he did, and and he got caught. Uh, after he killed another, a police officer named J.D. Tippett, a Dallas police officer that tried to stop him or tried to catch him, he, he killed him. Well, um, he was caught. Now, the whole world, like we would be today, anytime if a president or somebody's, you know, you you, you mourn, you're you're you're. Hit. Well, they were everybody was in mourning. It was just terrible. Yeah. But not Hank Killam. Hank Killam was scared to death. His wife said he's white as a sheet. He was scared. And he kept saying, they're, they're, they're gonna come get me. And she said, what are you talking about? He said, the agents and plotters. And he, he, he wouldn't elaborate. And she said, what are you talking about? And there were these guys in suits would come talk to him and then leave. And they talked to him and they get a little more persistent and they would leave. And he couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. He stayed up all night. He looked out the window. He every time and understand they didn't have the internet or right. TV 24 hours TV was on. He was watching it. Newspapers, he everything scared out of his mind. Wanda didn't know why and he wouldn't tell her. Right. Um, then finally one day he looks at her, he says, You know what? I can't stand this anymore. I'm 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 going home. Well, he had absconded from pensacola he had a warrant for him in pensacola but you know what it's better than getting killed exactly so as a matter of fact maybe he's gonna be safe
0: safer in jail jail. yeah
1: (laughs) so uh he went in turned himself in judge said all right and he put him on uh work release and he stayed on work release worked his job looked for a job found a job but immediately, while he's on work release, while he was out, he started hanging out at the, yeah. at the strip clubs again, And it wasn't long before they showed up and they started following him, the agents and plotters. They him. found him. And he told his brother, he said, um, it's that Dallas thing. He said, but I don't want to tell you about it because they'll come after you too. And his brother didn't really understand it. The Dallas thing, obviously, it's Kennedy or something. Well, yeah. He didn't know. Well, so he said, you know what I'm going to do? Forget this. I'm going to my other sister's house in Tampa. So he jumped on a bus, went to Tampa. Quit Just, involving your siblings. <laughs> yeah, no, really, I hadn't thought about that. That's right. Well, and, and this was the day after Christmas. Now, Kennedy was killed on November 22nd 1963. So December 25th. He had christmas with his mom uh and then he left and went and, and went down to tampa he got out to tampa his sister was there and quite honestly she didn't know he was coming he got down there and called her like at one o'clock in the morning and said hey i'm at the bus station and so she said I mean, cool story <laughs> yeah, she was glad to see him but congratulations
0: she, so she
1: she put him on the couch and anyway he went and found a job he got a job selling used cars And he kept getting harassed by the agents and plotters. They found him again. He didn't know how, but they found him. Kept showing up there, kept threatening him. And finally, his his employer said, "Uh, you're fired. Yeah, I can't. We can't do this. Right. So he went across town to another used car place. Same thing happened. He got fired from there. So he said, I'm done on the day before st patrick's day of 64 march 17th on on march 16th he came back to pensacola and he told his brother he said i'm a dead man but i'm tired of running he said they're gonna kill me but i'm tired so he was at his mom's house now his mom stayed on the west side of pensacola downtown uh it wasn't a bad area it wasn't a good area but uh and so he moved in there but she noticed something immediately about him. he was real anxious uh to a point of not being in his right mind almost yeah. he, he, he he walked in circles he kept looking out the window he was scared to death He you know so she didn't know what to do with it he was she also felt like there was some probably some drugs yeah. or something sure but he was he was really just he wasn't even human almost right so she called Officer Henry Reeves. Henry Reeves was from Mississippi and he was just a good old guy. Everybody liked Henry. Henry knew Hank Killam from his days before because he was always in trouble. Right. But he was he was a likable guy. They yeah. tried to, and Henry always tried to help him. So um Ms. Killam called Henry and said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's the matter with him. And she explained, you know, he's just he's he's stacking crazy. So Henry said, well, he needs to go to the hospital. And uh, she said, well, I've I've got an appointment set up with a doctor tomorrow. He said, okay. All right. Put him in his room. You sleep outside the door Mm -hmm. and don't let him out. And she said, okay. Uh, He said, now call me. I'm I'm working all night. Call me if you need something. So that's what she did. And uh, he finally calmed down enough to go to sleep. Around four in the morning, she sorta of heard a phone ring. I mean, sort of woke her up. She was she was tired and, and but he answered it. So she went back to sleep. And at 4 30, she heard a corridor car door slam and an engine taking a driving off. But they didn't have no car. And she jumped up, looked, he was gone. So she called the police said, yeah. I, I don't know I don't know where he is yeah Henry got there he said, okay 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 and he got another officer and said, let's go start looking Well about that time they put on the air they sent um, another officer Joe Irwin they said we need you to 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 respond to the corner of Palafox and Intendencia Street Now both of those are old Spanish names Palafox is the main drag of Pensacola. Mm-hmm. And Intendencia Street is one of the side roads that comes into it. Well, this is right on the corner. Uh, Business district, a lot of stores, a real thriving area during the daytime. Right. But I understand Pensacola isn't a big place. They roll the sidewalks up at night. So it wasn't like they were up (laughs) all night. And so they responded there. And and Henry, his heart kind of sank when he heard that. They said, there's a, respond to the corner. There's a man that's bleeding laying on the corner. And he's thinking, oh. So Henry hurried over there too. It was only about five blocks from where he was at. And he got there about the same time that Joe Irwin did. Well, on the corner uh of 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 Palafox and Intendencia was was the linen store. The linen store had big plate glass windows and they sold linen, obviously, yeah. you know, um uh, uh bed spreads and yeah. pillowcases and stuff and they had a display in the front of it that was a shrunken head and it was a, an africa display or something well, well cool. yeah it was kind of yeah. cool i know it's kind of <laughs> cool anyway especially if, i thought about back in the 60s
0: yeah i was gonna say that's like know, but,
1: but it was it was pretty cool the whole front window was smashed out <gasps> now uh if 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 you ever look at one of those um storefronts the window the glass starts about maybe about two feet off the ground right and then you got glass beneath that is like brick or something yeah well the whole glass was smashed out about four feet inside was blood but that was nothing compared to 50 feet north on the sidewalk was hank Killam laying there in a pool of blood his throat was cut no nothing else Throw a deep cut on his throat. He tried to talk, but he couldn't talk. So Henry said, Don't worry about it. And he called for an ambulance, got got him in the ambulance, took him to the hospital, but he died on the way to the hospital.
0: No. I guess I knew that, but I was so invested in Hank. <laughs> I
1: know it. Yeah. Because you feel kind of bad for <laughs> I him. I do. You know, like um, I, I you, you feel like saying, Hank, straighten up. But yes, he was a likable guy. Yeah. But that's what they had so henry reeves is scratching his head he's thinking what 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 is this is this a um it's it's how did he die so he's trying to figure out where to write it up and his the phone rang at the police station and he answered it and he said uh it's a call from a lieutenant he said um uh reeves this is a um suicide well and that's what he's, the look on your face, and the said look he had on his face, which is, huh? He said, well, Lieutenant, it couldn't, it couldn't be a suicide. Have, what, he jump through the, and he said, it's a suicide, did you hear me? And the answer was, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he wrote it up as a suicide. Nobody understood it, and nobody believed it. No. The next morning, the county coroner did an autopsy and looked at it and said ah oh, it wasn't a suicide it was uh, an accident an accident oh, he he fell upwards <laughs> How did he and and then and then hank's brother went to the at the time to the county solicitor the, the attorney county attorney and said listen it wasn't a suicide and it wasn't an accident i need you to find out what it was so carl harper was the um, the county solicitor He looked into it, and he came back and said, okay, it wasn't an accident, and it wasn't a suicide. Um, He was hallucinating from the drugs he was on, and he attacked the shrunken head. What? I know. I thought, (laughs) you know what, guys? Stay with the suicide, okay?
0: It made more sense.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) That's where we're at today. What? All kinds of unanswered questions. Now, there have been books written that there were 103 murders associated with the killing of Kennedy, Mm -hmm. people still question who, who killed Kennedy and, and therefore who killed, kill him. Um, Was it, was it the CIA, the FBI? Was it Fidel Castro? Was it Marcelo? Was it the mob? Was it, yeah. Was it, was it um, the Soviet Union? Was it Lyndon B. Johnson? Because guess who was president now? Lyndon B. Johnson. Oh, so who, who was it? Still, as as the police officers say, it's an open case.
0: All right. Well, that was a wild story. There were so many twists and turns in there. And uh, like you covered a little bit more about that in your book, right?
1: Yeah. In my book, I've got um, uh, the stories about the backgrounds of of the main players and um, about uh, Oswald and Ruby and the president and uh, and Hank and um, then i also have a little bit more about the twists and the turns and how it happened
0: okay now where can you find those books
1: all my books are available on amazon there's there's four of them uh and they're all available most of them are in hardback and paperback but uh all of them are definitely available in paperback and there's some of them they're available in ebook form
0: okay okay um which i guess brings us to if you want to find us on social media We are on Instagram, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and we have a website, oldpolicestories.com. And you can find us on all of those under Old Police Stories. But I suppose that wraps it up for today. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time.